Doc Bunny. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. We choose truth over facts. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. It was a graveyard smash. Alrighty, welcome back. You've got two bad dudes from the Financial Guys Media Network. I'm Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza here live in studio. Um, we never did know anyone named Corn Pop, though, did we, Mike? No, no. I ate Corn Pops as a kid. <laughs> yeah, the only Corn Pop I know is that guy that Joe Biden says is a bad dude. But He's I don't a bad know who that dude. Guy is. I don't know who he is. No idea. I don't think he really ever knew a guy named Corn Pop, but it never really stopped Joe from telling us about his fictional childhood i mean and, and and adulthood to be honest oh boy so folks we have uh, two hours live here today you can reach us at 844-434-4tfg or on our text line 716-817-0716 and we have we have something that we need you to chime in on mike what is our our uh our what are we calling it our, our, our text question of the day text That's, question of the day here we go we will do two of them actually so it's the first one and the, the most important one is how many votes will it take to get a new speaker of the house the last one was 15 with kevin mccarthy so who <laughs> who well first off how many votes will it take and then secondly who will the uh actual speaker be i don't know that we're going to have an answer on that it was supposed to be maybe <laughs> Jim Jordan, and then it was uh-huh. Steve Scalise. Actually, Steve Scalise first, then Jim Jordan. Yep. Now Jim Jordan's out. Now there's like six people, including Byron Donalds, in there. So first the guy, question: the guy with the bow tie. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I think McHenry. it was pa- Patrick McHenry. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and it just reminded me of Tucker Carlson when I saw the guy with the bow tie. I don't know if he's as smart as Tucker Carlson, but who knows? Yeah, it was um, <laughs> interesting, right? Here, here it is. It's a pretty vital position in in the United States government, a third in line for presidency, right? If the president and vice president cannot be the acting president, the Speaker of the House is then the president, and we cannot figure this out. The Republicans win the House, and they cannot figure this out. And here we are with wars breaking out across the universe, open border, Financial catastrophe, essentially, since COVID, right? Government's been involved. The Fed's been involved. Inflation is not under wraps. But we cannot, because they are imbeciles, we cannot figure out who the next House Speaker can be. We talked a little bit about this at our podcast, Mike. The problem we're running into now is the, the Demo- this is playing right into the Democrats' hands, right? See, when we can't figure this out and we can't come together— what it looks like is the right has no clue what's going on. The left is playing that card. See, mm-hmm. they can't even vote a Speaker of the House. Oh, That's yeah. what the left is saying. And to be honest with you, the left is right, and, and the left does it the right way where they get behind <laughs> their guy, Hakeem Jeffries, right? And no matter what happens, they're like, this is our guy. We need more of that from the Republican Party. Instead, they're trying to, you know, the, the issue with Jim Jordan, Mike, was, oh, he's a little bit, he's a little bit too extreme, right? You know, mm-hmm. he, he was involved with Trump. And Okay, folks, come on. Like, let's get somebody in there that can actually do something. Mm-hmm. How about that for once? Let's get somebody in there that can actually do something. I know that's hard to imagine, but that's what we need in America at this point, especially, Mike, as you as you pointed out, we have two wars breaking out in two different areas across the world, an open border, crime at an all-time high, overdoses at an all-time high, suicide at an all-time high. These might be things that we want to take a look at at some point. Yeah, and you just described our new reality, Mike. Left yep. is right. Yep. And as Glenn often says, and right is left, and up is down, and down is up. That's the new reality we all live in. 
<laughs> um, now, let's get to uh, Israel. Obviously, it has not been solved, folks. It's getting worse and worse and worse. The savagery was awful, horrendous, and it, and it doesn't get acknowledged by those on the left. In fact, we're going to play a little bit from Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, who literally, she literally lost her lid this week. You've got to hear them. Even when uh, there's some resounding evidence that the Americans and the Israelis were not part of the hospital bombing that, that happened. They had first reported, I think, that four to 500 people had died. Then I think it went down into the 100 to 300. But regardless, anybody dying because of bombs hitting a hospital of all things, it's a horrendous thing. At first, though, it was played as if Israel had done it. Well, now there's pretty resounding evidence that that was not the case. And I'm going to cut you off, Mike. Nope, nope. The, 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 where that started, by the way, was from terrorist groups' intelligence. Mm -hmm. right? Like, right. That's, and I don't mean smart intelligence. I mean, like, intel. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that essentially said, hey, um, Israel bombed that. We took, and, and our politicians in America yep. took the word of terrorists on that. I mean, are you kidding me? That's right. And representatives of our own country, including Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, and, of course, college students across the country took it and ran with it. Of course. They assembled. They, they protested. In fact, one protest actually ended up in where, Mike? You guessed it. One of the Capitol buildings uh, <gasps> in Washington, D.C. Insurrection 2.0. So we'll talk a little bit about that, too. Um, we know that Chrissy Casilio squared off against Mark Polencars in their first debate for Erie County Executive. We want to talk a, just a touch about that today. And, uh, boy... <laughs> We've got some really good guests. Um, as you know, the annual election period for, for Medicare Part B supplemental plan choices is upon us. And uh, we will be having Brian Faraci joining us momentarily in studio. And in the second hour, we'll also have Phil Provenzano, a Medicare rep, financial planner out in Rochester uh, serving that area. So he'll also chime in on the activities going on in the Medicare supplemental plan uh world. Uh, I also, Mike, I, I, I just thought this was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. I have to say this a few times before I probably get it right, but Pierre Polyev, Pierre yes. Polyev, Canadian Conservative Party leader and actually leader in the polls to unseat Justin Trudeau, he, uh, he faced off against, I wouldn't even call it that, he's chomping on an apple while he's talking to this reporter up there, up in Canada. And uh, just an outstanding, outstanding interview. It's what you always hope for when you hear these liberal, clearly liberal journalists trying to trap, trying to corner people into their positions, assuming that, oh, you must be this and you must think like that. You have to hear this, folks. We're going to play that later in the show in the second hour. Uh, Pierre Polyev. Uh, I hope he wins, Mike, as Canadian Prime Minister, because I don't know that Justin Trudeau really has Canadians' best interests at heart. The, the world is starting to figure it out. I just hope America does, too. Uh, you know, in, in 2023, with some elections coming up, like, like Mark Polencar's against Christy Casilio, but also in 2024, when you talk about Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever the Republican candidate is against the, um, you know, Joe Biden, I'll call him the 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 weekend at Bernie's incumbent that we have coming back. I, I don't know, I don't know that the left really will 
put him out there. I, th- I there's plenty of time for them to figure out a different solution, I believe. But uh, it looks like you know he's got a lot of support still. So if that's their candidate, this shouldn't be very hard for the American public to wake up and see Mike. And and across the world, it's starting to happen. I think it was what New Zealand mm-hmm. uh, they got the the uh, what is her name Jarcinda something out uh, last week two weeks ago. So I think the world's starting to wake up. Canada mm-hmm. is starting to wake up. We need to wake up here in America next. No doubt. And uh, we're coming up on a short break. We're also going to be talking to our friend and colleague, Russ Geyser. He's on my side, I guess, of our business. And also, Mike, on your side, one of your key members, Alec Toth, part of the TFG Home and Auto, who specializes in commercial insurance. So, guys, we have a great show lined up. If you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. That's 833 833- Thin guys, and I do want to plug Ready, Set, Retire. If you're ready to retire or coming upon the retirement decisions, you still have questions, we will be hosting a free seminar at our flagship office, 305 Spindrift, Williamsville, November 11th at 9.30 a.m. That's 9.30 a.m. You can go to the events tab on the tfg.com site, um, and you can actually go financialguys.com and uh, register. I want to pitch one more thing, Mike. I, we do got to talk about their uh, Biden is looking to promote a spending bill now for, for military aid. I want to talk a little bit about those numbers. And then mm-hmm. he also pitched that $14 billion of the $100 billion was going to be right. for our border security. And I want to read some of these things. I'll, I'll save this for later in the show. But mm-hmm. uh, it is not actually for border security. So we'll go over that after another another bill trying to be passed that makes no sense and doesn't help America. So just a thought on that. When you're spending $100 billion, you might want to spend some on your own country. It doesn't look like that, though. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. More improper spending by our government gosh what do you know yep good (laughs) all right good times good times as always uh you've got mike hayflick and mike spraza we are the financial guys we'll be right back folks on this financial guys media network the consequence of what we've done we're we're the most we're the most we're the strongest economy in the world today well said president well said. My favorite thing ever, though, recently, when he just starts a thing and he's like, you know, uh, this, uh, uh, well, never mind. Like, what? How do you, how do you get three words in and tell us never mind? Like, you got you to gotta at least try to finish your thought. How does the leader of the free world not have a, even one significant thing to say? Gosh, you could think of any. I mean, there's, any, there's all sorts of things that you're in charge of. You can't think of one thing. I will say this, Mike. Speaking of the leader of the free world, we're going to bring in Brian Faraci here. Brian, um, the leader of the free world, Joe Biden, told us that he was going to build back better uh, and build back America, be transparent, unity across both sides of the aisle, everything that he said for two years in his basement. Um, it doesn't seem like everything's being built back better. I know my my uh, side of the business on the home and auto, everything is going up. People are upset about that, which I totally understand and respect. I've, are things going down on your side? Any positive news for you? more expensive is what it build is. back more expensive so how does that work we could run with that i don't yeah, know if we're yeah, going to gain so, many followers so, so la- last <laughs> week last week we got word that the part b premium was going up almost ten dollars this week we got the medigap the supplemental insurance rates and some of them have gone all the way from up to 40 all the way up to 60 percent increase whoa in their premiums and that's not like the latest cpi uh, adjustment Three point seven percent. No, that's that's not going to cover it. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> and it still doesn't cover even if you if you say, well, well, come on, let's look at the core CPI. Core CPI doesn't incu- include fuel 
or food. So please let's not avoid those, okay? 40 to 60%. Yeah, we saw some big increases in the area. Now, not to be not to get everyone confused, but this is for Medigap plans, not your normal Medicare Advantage. Um, but this could affect everything, you know, if if you if that premium is going to be a burden on you, it's that much more important to come in and shop your insurance. Who are the people who most benefit from Medigap type insurances? Like who, who, I know you don't want to speak about, you know, any specific people, but what's the kind of profile of someone who might, who might actually, you know, really uh, be in jeopardy here on the Medigap plans? So it can fit a couple different types of people, but the most importantly would be someone that's going through a lot of medical issues, you know, whether it's chemotherapy, radiation, infusions, where the supplement plans pick up the bulk of that cost. Hmm. Um, it's also going to affect the people that need the freedom of coverage that are just traveling you know, ab- abroad, and, mm-hmm. and they want to make sure they're covered anywhere they go. So some of the most vulnerable and those that are on the go could be impacted at the 40 to 60% level. I mean, that's that sounds out- great. That's yeah. out- outrageous to me. <laughs> that, they, that these things are happening. Are there any reasons that you can give? Like, have, have they said... Hey, listen, here's A, B, and C. These things are happening, and, and this is why. They're always going to tell us, or it's always going to come down to, you know, their their risk. That what is their risk in this area for, for people that are utilizing those services? <laughs> Brutal. Well, tell us how this uh, annual election period has been going. It's been about a full, well, two weeks. Uh, one week. One week. One week. Oh, yeah, it, we it, just talked last it, week. It feels like a month. <laughs> <laughs> it's two weeks on, on work hours for yeah, you, but one week exactly. actually on the calendar. No, everything's going really well. Um, a lot of the plans have been improving, um, you know, some additional benefits added, flex cards, a lot of fun stuff. Um, the biggest thing we've been seeing is the loss of Medicaid. A lot of people losing their Medicaid and the essential plans. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so that's been detrimental, again, with the increase of everything else. Could I ask you real quick, Brian? So we were talking, you know, who's to blame or why, why do these rates go up? On my side of the business, we know that companies were probably charging lower than they should have been, and, and it's now coming back to bite them on the home and auto side. Is that happening on your side too? Were things just too inexpensive and then now it's all coming back to bite them? Or is it just really, truly the cost of everything just skyrocketing quickly? So this is where it gets confusing because, uh, you know, the Medigap prices keep going up, but the Medicare Advantage plans keep getting better. You know, they're giving more money back in people's Social Security checks for certain plans. They're giving out more benefits. So, uh, honestly, the more I try to, you know, bang my head off the wall trying to figure this out, the harder it, it is. I know that I talked to a lot of clients about this, you know, going back to March of 2020 when COVID was, was really, you know, it was a scary and, and dangerous thing. President Trump and then, of course, President Biden, they printed so much money, so much money into this money supply in the form of, you know, additional unemployment, stimulus, trillions of dollars. And inflation obviously came and has persisted. So is there a little bit of a lag on on expenses now? So maybe what was going on a year ago, is it really coming now into the health insurance uh, area? I, I said it from day one. As soon as they started giving out free vaccines, free medical services, mm-hmm. which, which some people needed, but... It- you have to pay it back at some point. The same thing with the stimulus. I don't think anyone out there still has their six hundred dollars. Yeah, right, right. They haven't had the six hundred dollars in a very long time. Yeah. Um, Brian, how do people get in touch with you guys? I know your schedules are going crazy already, and and you know it's crazy. We're a weekend. Mike, Mike thought two weeks, and I, I do at the same time because it seems like weeks just blend together. But 
before you know it, it's already like the end of November and you're almost done, right? I mean, people yeah. got to get in now and got to got to get rolling because before you know it, it's the end of open enrollment. Yeah, I mean, with things being more streamlined, we can do Zoom calls, phone appointments if it's easier. We have the holidays coming up. Not everyone wants to take an hour out of their day to drive over here. Mm -hmm. Just call our office, 633-1331, and we can make you know any accommodations for whoever needs it. Beautiful. Well, this season just started a week ago, folks. You've got um, uh, just till the beginning of December to make these very, very important decisions. Uh, Brian Faraci, you have a great team over there. You've headed up a great team. You guys are so solid. You help people every single day. And uh, folks, if you don't know much about us, we are a one-stop shop. So all the various things that we do help you. We're all specialists in what we do. Uh, I really don't know that there's another team like ours. I truly mean that. Are you at Ready, Set, Retire too, Brian, or your team? So my team will be there. I'm not okay. sure if I will. I'm waiting on mm -hmm. a travel hockey schedule there for There you son. go. <laughs> awesome. For you or your yeah. son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Sabres could actually use bit. you, Brian, right yeah. now. Yeah. Sabres have come off to a very rocky start. They might, you might want to suit up for them. Yeah. Hopefully that turns around tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah, so for right. sure. That's right. All right. Thanks again, Brian. Right. Have Appreciate a good it. Weekend. All right. Brian Faraci. Uh, director of our TFG Insurance Division. Uh, they are seeing lots and lots of people right now. I see so many people throughout the year. And then I see them now during this, this time, not to see me, but to see our Medicare team. And sometimes I have to kind of catch my breath. I go, oh my gosh, I don't think I knew. I didn't know Shirley was on my schedule. And I'm like, oh, good, <laughs> good. Shirley's not seeing me. She's seeing our Medicare team. So anyway, folks, 716-633-1331 if you want to reach our Medicare team. Let's see if we can still get you in here to their very, very busy schedules. Like we have somebody at the text line that says here, uh, where did it go? We need to get rid of the rhinos, 25 rhinos. I agree with you on that. We sure do. Um, and, and, you know, again, let us know your thoughts. How many votes will it take? Give us a number. How many votes will it take to get a Speaker of the House? At this point, Mike, we're three votes in, and we actually don't have a, a candidate yet. Mm -hmm. So that's not a good start. Um, and we're three weeks in, and they keep taking recess. That's also not a good start. So let's see how many votes it takes. What's your guess? Let's give the people what ours are. <laughs> how many votes will it take? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little less than than what it took to actually um, keep. I guess Kevin McCarthy from from staying in. I'll go 14. 14. 14. I was, I was gonna say 12. Okay. And I will tell you that my vote right now, because Jim Jordan is out, would be Byron Donald. I love Byron oh, Donald. Yeah. Actually, I will say. You know, Trump offered himself for 100 days. I would take that in a flash. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I will say that's probably not going to happen. If Jim Jordan can't get in, they're not going to vote Donald Trump in. So I will say it's, I would vote for Byron Donalds if it was me. Great, great congressman mm -hmm. out of Florida. I would, too. And I, I yeah. guess, you know, we just don't know if he has enough of the, the little boxes checked. Yeah. We don't know what everyone wants. Right? right? Yeah. This is all about what's the best deal for me if I'm in yeah. there voting I need to know, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to do for my constituents maybe back in, you know, in Colorado or New York or wherever? You know, that's, that's what's so scummy about this. It's all this negotiating, these secret, you know, secret meetings. I'd actually like to ask Matt Gates when you, when you decided, you know, Kevin McCarthy's not the guy. Did you have any solution of your own, Matt, about what things should look like when, when he's out? Because that's like the worst kind of leader. Someone says, we got to stop everything. Blow it up. And then you have no alternative for it. You don't know what is going to happen thereafter. Right? How about you don't blow it all up until you actually know or have a plan about what's next? 
Well, yeah, and I agreed with 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 Matt Gates what he did, right? And I think we should have a new speaker. Personally, I didn't love Kevin McCarthy. I felt like there were a lot of empty promises. However, my problem is is that now you know we've gone to a recess, which Matt Gates didn't want, uh, and we had a recess of like a week and a half. And then we took some votes, but yeah, Mike, we there's no one that's sitting there that everybody agrees with. And that's mm-hmm. the problem with the Republican Party, like. This isn't hard, folks. The agenda that actual Americans like us, the mm-hmm. people listening, want is America first. Let's <laughs> right. worry about America. Yes. And if you don't like the term MAGA, that's fine. Use America first then. That's what we want. We want to address the issues here at home, which then we can address issues abroad. But here at home means everything because when you have open borders, rising crime, overdoses, and suicide, that's problematic, Mike. Absolutely. If you need us throughout the week, folks, 833-FIN-GUYS. We're going to take a quick break here. Don't go away. You're listening to The Financial Guys here on The Financial Guys Media Network. From the WBEN Newsroom, I'm Tom Puckett. Here's what's happening. All five students on a bus that crashed Friday morning on the 290 have been released from Oshai Children's Hospital. The bus was carrying children from Candelation Center when the bus overturned. A former jail deputy is once again in trouble for an incident near Highmark Stadium. Prosecutors say 47-year-old John Gugino drove through a barricade outside Highmark Stadium during the October 1st Bills game, injuring a deputy trying to stop him. Last year, Gugino was arrested, accused of scuffling with deputies after being ejected from a concert at the stadium for profanity. Governor Hochul announced the launch of a new telephone hotline and online form allowing you to report hate and bias incidents directly to the state's hate and bias prevention unit. You can call 844-NO-2-HATE or use an online form available from the state's website. We have a link to the link at WBEN.com. Just click on the story. Frontier Fall Into Reading Festival returns for a second year at Frontier Middle School. Amber Chandler says she expects to hand out 4,200 books today. You know, schools are the hub of a community, and we really wanted to bring everybody in together to celebrate literacy, um, get books in the hands of kids. Um, you know, a lot of times kids have library books or they, you know, read on a tablet, but we really wanted them to have you know, hands on their books that they can take home and keep on their shelf and read with their families. The Zoomobile and the Bookmobile are among the attractions. From the WBEN Newsroom, I'm Tom Puckett. Right, that's for sure. And the sun goes down at like 4 p.m. already, which is depressing. <laughs> I know! And then it doesn't seem to come up the next day. Yeah. I, I, I would say this. I, I've never really been a fan of this whole daylight savings time, but if we are going to keep it, I'm so glad when we can actually move the clock back and wake up and maybe within one hour we actually see some sunlight. Like it's getting it's getting almost super depressing, to be honest. I would agree. Hard to get into your day. So, folks, thanks for listening. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Israel, the media coverage, and actually some of the reactions from, uh, you guessed it, some very liberal, far-left progressives that seem to just want to, I guess, put aside, Mike, that there was a vicious, savage attack against Israelis, mowing down literally what Israel is calling their 9-11. But they just say, you know what? We just got to get back to normal living. Like, we got to move on. How many how many deaths is appropriate? It's actually disgusting. You and I were talking about this before the show. Imagine if George Bush, when 9-11 happened, he shows up in New York City, Rudy Giuliani and he are there, and they simply say, this is this is a, a tragedy, but everybody just simply get back to work. We're just going to clean up the city. Uh, let's just hope it doesn't happen again, right? That's essentially what they're saying, Mike. They're they're terrorism deniers, so they can talk all about the election deniers of of the January sixth Capitol riots, but they are terrorism deniers. 
Yeah, and we're going to play a clip right now from Elon Omar uh, at a press conference. And, I mean, it is – look, we, we've said it from the beginning. You can be pro-Palestinian people and pro-Israeli people, and, and I get that. Mm-hmm. I don't want innocent people to die either, just like I don't want innocent people to die in, in Ukraine or anywhere, right? But the fact that they're just overlooking the fact that we had, you know – paratroopers go in with little hang gliding things and just start teeing off and murdering in cold blood concert goers Mm -hmm. children in israel you know holocaust survivors mike i mean that's what happened they they literally just started mowing people down and and these people like elon omar just don't seem to care about that let's play a clip right now and then we'll get back to that a question from anyone else Killings is enough for you. Is it a thousand more? Two thousand more? Three thousand? How many more Palestinians would make you happy if they died? Do you, you will you be fine if all of the people of Gaza were gone? Would that make you happy? Would that be the thing that makes you proud? And maybe that's the question you should ask Richie. Is he okay? How many more Palestinian lives is he comfortable with? Because I am not comfortable with any more. So the, the question essentially was, you know, why do you want a ceasefire when we have a terrorist group mm-hmm. who we know is a terrorist group, by the way, in Gaza and also in Lebanon now, mm-hmm. right? Two different terrorist groups that we know hate America, hate Israel, and, and, and hate, you know, good people, right? They, that's what they hate. They hate good people, and we know that. And then we have American leaders like Elon Omar being like, well, we should just have a ceasefire. I don't know that that's the right idea to just let terrorists do what they feel like and do as they please in your, your cities, your towns, your countries. I, Mike, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that's a good formula for success. These terrorists have constantly forever attacked Israel. I mean, when you have to have an Iron Dome strategic defense system, I mean, that alone tells you you are under attack pretty much every single minute, every second of every day. And they they failed to even acknowledge that it was horrific to see innocent uh, women and children and babies burned, beheaded, dragged through the streets. They immediately want to say, how many more Palestinians should die? Nobody wants to see any Palestinians die. We want to see the terrorists die. We want to see them getting pulled out and executed from all the neighborhoods, all the homes of Palestinians where they're basically being safeguarded with these human shields that they use. We we don't want any Palestinians to die. We don't want any Israelis to die. We don't care if you worship Christianity or, or the Muslim faith or the Jewish faith. Anybody with a, a sense in their head wants no murders, no savagery, no mowing down of people at music festivals, okay? We want justice. We have to pull these weeds out of the garden. These are vicious, vicious people. They have to be eradicated. That's what we want, Ilhan. That's what we want, Rashida. We want people to to say we are going to find justice. We are going to get these people out of their caves and they will be no more. That's what we want. And by the way, uh, Donald Trump did do this, okay, with ISIS. We had the same issue with ISIS running around doing things like this. And mm-hmm. Donald Trump took care of that problem. And, Mike, I'll say this, too, to move to Rashida Tlaib for a minute now because we have a clip from her as well. 
There was a, a bombing this week, and it was in a parking lot, mm-hmm. by the way, not the hospital. Right. So I, uh, ISIS, uh, Hamas, mm-hmm. said essentially that, well, hey, the Israelis bombed a hospital and killed almost 500 people. All of that has been proven to be false. It was a terrorist group that sent that rocket and shot it wrong, and it hit a parking lot, right? And, and Rashida Tlaib and the left continue to promote this idea that the Israelis shot up a hospital with a bomb mm-hmm. and killed 500 people. Even after we knew this wasn't true, on, on Wednesday the 18th, they go there, they go to Washington, they're, they're preaching, they're doing what, remember what they said on January 6th, like mm-hmm. you brought a crowd to the Capitol and then you occupied buildings and you did all these things. Well, that's actually what Rashida Tlaib and her pals are doing. Let's play a clip from her and then we'll talk about mm-hmm. the insurrection this week. Mm-hmm. People think it's okay to bomb a hospital. No, we don't, and that's not true. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. We're children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry. And they're shaking and somebody you know this, they keep telling them not to cry in Arabic. They do, they can cry, I can cry, we all can cry. If we're not crying, something is wrong. And so I'm telling you right now, President Biden, not all America's with you on this one. And you need to wake up and understand that. Wow, Academy Award performance there, right, Rashida? Yeah. I mean, this sounded like Madonna screaming, well, I have thought about the, the you know the the White House being bombed or blown up or whatever she said, right? They they put such passion into these remarks. But guess what, folks? It's all based on lies. It's all based on nothing except them wanting their narrative to to basically prevail. They 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 bring all of this to huge groups of people. They don't bring the truth. They bring more fear to strike more fear in the people they're talking to and more anxiety and more hatred. And they they ignore completely the facts, the evidence. And I'm not here to defend Joe Biden by any stretch of the imagination, but. Joe Biden doesn't want, you know, children killed in Israel or in, in Gaza either, right? That's not what that's not what Joe Biden said. Joe Biden said, based on the intel that we have, they didn't the Israelis did not bomb a hospital killing children. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a fact, right? It hit a parking lot next to a hospital. And it was a bomb shot by terrorists, not by the Israelis. I mean, that, again, I'm not here to defend Joe Biden, but th- this is not hard to understand, but this is the 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 fake news that people like Rashida Tlaib, Elon Omar, AOC, all of them keep pushing over and over and over again. And my question to you is, if, if we're going to go indict Donald Trump for everything he said and done over the last seven years, mm-hmm. I want to indict someone like that who brought people to the Capitol, who brought people to Washington, D.C., and yes, they occupied a building across from the Capitol, but why is that okay when you go in there and you occupy government buildings, but when a, when a, a MAGA grandmother goes in there, mm-hmm. or a guy that takes a picture with a statue goes in there, some of which were actually let into the Capitol that day on January 6th, why are there two differences? Just like, why was the summer of love okay, Mike, when you burned down buildings and you burned down police precincts and government buildings? Why is that okay? 
but then January 6th is the, the, biggest, the biggest disaster in American history. What, what is the difference? Can somebody explain it to me? If you want to call mm-hmm. in, if you agree with Rashida Tlaib, I, I would love to know why it's, the sa- it's not the same when you're saying somebody's occupying or destroying government property, why January 6th is so different from this week and from the whole summer of love. Somebody tell me, and I would love to hear that answer. How, how do we not, Mike, agree that all unprovoked savagery is bad? Right. How can we not think that that's evil? And, and, and then you look across every, you know, it seems like these liberal colleges across across the country and, and probably almost every college across the country has little segments of liberalism. But these kids are now being told, you know, it, it's it's all justified. The ends justify the means. You don't know how bad the treatment of Palestinians has been. If, if I mean, I might agree that the Palestinians aren't treated well. I don't know. I don't know much about it, but I'd agree. If they're being mistreated, let's not do that. But if you think murdering others for your cause is acceptable, I have a feeling that we just might not be able to compromise over these things. And I'd say, Benjamin Netanyahu, for all the good that you are and all the bad that you are, I cannot imagine why you would ever stop now trying to find every single Hamas terrorist militant um, while you're alive and while you're the, uh, you know, in charge over there in Israel. And what is Israel supposed to do, right? It, picture this same thing on American soil, right? There, there's the big concerts across America all the time, right? There's one in, in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. There's one in Chicago. They're, they're all over the America. Imagine if that happened where somebody came over. Let's just use Canada, for example, the one in Chicago. They flew in over the border and they just started mowing down Americans. Yes. What would America do? We have to fight back. We would not, Mike, as you said, be like, you know, folks, this is really a, a sad event. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to work. No, you have to fight for your land and you have to fight for your people. I, what is Israel supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the, there, were, there were upward of four to, three to 4,000 attendees in an open airspace Israeli. It's the Negev Desert, three miles from the Gaza border. And there were going to be 16 DJs from around the world spinning into darkness and light for 15 hours straight, right? Yep. Just song, dance, fun, enjoy each other, right? And then they get mowed down by militants, some paragliding into, into that space, mowing people down, folks. You, you know, this, this isn't even warlike, right? You, you don't, you, this isn't two sides facing off against Militaries. one another. This isn't military tactics. This is this is horrific savagery. And and if the left, anybody on the left that can't say first before they go on about the Israelis and injustices against Palestinians, if they can't admit that that was savagery, you cannot. You cannot compromise with these people. The real scary thing, Mike, is some of these people are in the House of Representatives. Yep. Some of them are senators. Yep. Right. Not to mention across the states and cities of our country, you've got people thinking that it was absolutely OK. I, then, I can't get and, over and it. And then we have groups like BLM that are putting pictures of paragliders mm-hmm. with I stand with Palestine. Right. I mean, what where are we in America where that seems like it's a good post on social media? And, and that's part of the problem. Like a lot of these people, these girls that we just played AOC. A lot and conservatives too. Mm-hmm. They do this stuff for clickbait on their social media accounts, and they try to enrich themselves and enrich their views. Yep, that is a problem, and you shouldn't do that because that's evil. 
As simple as that. If you are a terrorist sympathizer, that is evil. And again, I wouldn't have a problem if they said, look, we want peace in those areas, but we must destroy Hamas. I'd be like, I, I get it. I agree with you. I agree with you. I want peace there too. I want peace everywhere. Trust me. Mm-hmm. That seems like a great thing for the world right now is peace. But you can't just, you know, uh, well, the, you know, the, the Hamas, what, what, what can we do? No, you got to get rid of them. Just like we got rid of ISIS. You have to get rid of these people. There's no place in the world for them. We got to go to a quick break, though, Mike. I know we have a guest on hold. Which awesome. Will be, awesome. Know, a fun guest coming up, folks. Uh, former ESPN employees. We want to talk talk to Beth coming up next. Uh, if you need us throughout the week, 833 Finn Guys, text us. Text question How many votes will it take to get a new House Speaker? <laughs> and who will the new House Speaker be? Two text questions today 716 817 0716. We will be right back here on the Financial Guys Media Network. ERB. So at Faber B on Twitter. Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike and Mike. Ah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, so so is it true you're from this area, this western New York area? Yes. Yeah, I live in East Amherst right now. Uh, yeah, and I have three kids um, yeah, that grew up here in the western New York area. We moved back here when my oldest son was four. Ah, okay, okay. Son of a gun, we could have had you right here live in studio. Ah, <laughs> you're ten, ten minutes away, I bet. Yeah. Well, tell us tell us your story, Beth. Um, your your work at ESPN all the way to uh, what led you to not be there any any longer. Well, I I worked for ESPN for over twenty nine years. Um, I was there from the very beginning of ESPN Radio, uh, where we in the mi- beginning we just did talk shows, the weekend shows, and um, the morning show, and the mm-hmm. fabulous Sports Babe, all these other shows that, and then I started producing. Um, on the road, our play-by-play franchises, um, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, college football, college football championships, bowl games. So I did a lot of traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the spring, I think it was the spring of 2021, Mm -hmm. we got emails internally in the company that said um, that they were thinking about mandating the vaccine. And I had already... During COVID, I had already been over backwards. I was in the bubble. I did the testing mm-hmm. and the temperature checks and the masking and mm-hmm. the pagers, you know, that we had to wear that, you, if, that would go off if you were six feet closer mm-hmm. to anybody else inside the arenas. It was crazy. So, Beth, just yeah. real quick. So it sounds like yeah. you actually practiced compliant, responsible behavior as someone who works for ESPN. Well, yes, I love okay. my job, and okay. I was really good at my job. <laughs> just want to be that. clear here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And um, so when they started talking about the vaccine, I I have done a lot of research into vaccines, and I, number one, am um, a faithful Catholic, and I knew about the aborted fetal tissue used in vaccines. And I've, I wish, I, I, I've never, I cannot unsee this Dr. Stanley Plotkin deposition where he's like the the head of vaccines on the stand talking about how they mm-hmm. harvest aborted babies and use these cells in making vaccines mm-hmm. that just completely crosses the line for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. however i didn't want to discuss all this stuff with my employer my my religious beliefs are personal and they're mine and mm-hmm. but it came down to they would offer they would offer religious accommodation or medical accommodation um, <laughs> through a series of interviews. 
So I did that. I went through a series of interviews with human resources and emails back and forth, and I had to write up, you know, all kinds of letters and emails back and forth justifying my position. And, you know, the questions were so intrusive and so awful. They were asking me to go to the pastor of my church (laughs) to have them write a letter for me. And these are my sincere personal beliefs. I just, I knew it would Mm -hmm. be a sin for me to get this in my body. But I also said, I'll continue doing what I did during crazy COVID before there was any vaccine. I'll mask, I'll test, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll call ahead, I'll Mm -hmm. find the arenas and the stadiums that are accepting negative tests. I'll help you with scheduling. You know, I wanted to keep my job. I loved my job. Sure. So, so again, again, let's just be clear. I mean, you are still practicing compliant, responsible behavior, even when they say we will offer exemptions on health and religion, two of the most private things that we've all been able to kind of cherish and and keep private. So, so go ahead, continue. I just want to, I mean, I have to interject because everything you're doing is sounding like a perfectly responsible employee of a major, major brand, ESPN. So, yeah, and then the bottom, I mean, the questions, I, I, one of the human resources ladies was on the phone with me and said, well, if you have such a strong faith in God, don't you know the saying that if God closes a door, he will open a window? And basically telling me that I, <laughs> <laughs> making fun of my beliefs. Or, yeah. um, and then they, I think that they thought uh, that I would eventually just give in. Um, they kind of ex- kept extending my deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, you know, August 1st, August 8th, August 15th. And finally they, they said, you know, I, uh, my choice was I get the vaccine or I choose to, um, permanently separate myself from the company. That was my choice. Meaning quit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Quit. But I wasn't, I leave. Goodbye. Right. That's, that's your choice. I wasn't voluntarily separating myself from the company. So they terminated me. And um, when was that, Beth? Nothing like that day. No severance, no benefits, no. That was the end of it. What 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 month and year was that, Beth? September. It was actually September 11th, 2021. 2021. So it's now October 21st, 2023. Have you received an apology yet with all of the data that's out there saying that you may have been better off without getting the vaccine? No, there was no, no. apology. There no. has been no apology. And ironically, um, and, and I'm um, currently in a lawsuit with um, <laughs> former sideline reporter Allison Williams um, against ESPN and Disney right now. So <laughs> um, we went through for being discriminated against because of our religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we, did, we, we received no apology. And crazily enough, the very last live event I worked was the NBA Finals between... Um, Milwaukee and Phoenix, mm-hmm. and at that point, I was probably 63 people on the crew between television and radio, <laughs> um, and we were maybe 10%, maybe six or seven guys on that crew um, who were all double vaccinated, got COVID and gave it to each other, <laughs> right? So they already knew, I think, how do you not know? We knew. They already knew at that point that the vaccine did not stop transmission or infection, I think. I don't know how you, because they had to, you know, hire six other people to come in. Mm-hmm. And they had to quarantine the guys in the hotel and all that stuff then. So before the mandate was even put in place, the basic premise, um, but it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter one way or the other, whether it worked or it didn't mm-hmm. or not. I was not going to put it in my body. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, we, we, we've we never said, hey, don't get the vaccine, folks. We don't say that. We say it's your choice to either get it or not to get it. It's right. your personal choice. It's your choice between you and your doctors, maybe you and your spouse, right. you and your family make that decision. And, and that's what we've always been upset about. And now, even in the face of facts and evidence, we keep hearing rhetoric. We hear celebrity support of vaccines. We see a prominent prominent tight end of the nfl doing commercials now saying two for the price of one whoa that's great like they've made it almost like don't worry about science don't worry about evidence um let me just ask you this this parting question beth um again beth faber former espn producer um can this change is there is there like enough evidence now are there enough people speaking out people like you so that people out there actually start thinking of their own bodies and their own treatments or is it just going to continue this massive wave of media and celebrities touting that vaccines are good for everyone well i would hope um in my particular my particular situation religious freedom is such an important freedom in our constitution that we are guaranteed across across the this country and, and and employers should not be able to violate people's religious beliefs in order to keep a job medical freedom and, and just freedom in general people should just be able to say no but i know that god is in control of this i mm-hmm. i really do know god is in control of this and i believe that all this information is coming out you know he's he's going to expose to everyone um how how horrific all this was i mean there's there's so many people that lost their jobs standing by for the religious faith and, and their mm-hmm. religious beliefs. And um, I, I hope that maybe in courts across the land we're going to um, send a statement that employers cannot violate people's religious beliefs and religious freedom and force them to do something mm-hmm. um, against them. Well, we, we really, really appreciate you joining us today. Beth Faber, our best to you. God bless you. Um, I hope you, um, you know, get the results you hope for out of this. I, I don't even know if I can say the best of results or, or good results, because I don't think you'd have chosen this um, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's important for, for our kids, for our kids' future, that, that employers are not allowed to violate these beliefs. That's going right. forward we have to stand and fight right now that's right if you thank you over it's going to be a big mess thanks for joining us folks we're coming up on a hard break um don't go away you're listening to the financial guys here on the financial guys media network Problem this country has is being politically correct this is the place where money meets politics. I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. Sharing conservative thoughts. I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. And to be honest with you, this country doesn't have time either. You are listening to the Financial Guys radio show. Welcome back to the second hour. Uh, here we are live on October 21st, Saturday, every Saturday, 1 to 3 p.m., the Financial Guys Radio Network. And uh, don't forget, folks, uh, you can find us in many ways, but financialguysmedia.com might be the easiest way. Three podcasts every week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We also do morning mics, Mike Sparaza and I typically. 
Uh, five hot topics, three minutes each. Financialguysmedia.com. That's 8.15 a.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I also want to plug this before we bring on one of our Medicare specialists, uh, Phil Provenzano. Um, ready, set, retire. You'll get specialists from the financial guys and from EG Tax uh, on one day, one day, uh, November 11th, 9.30 a.m. is registration. You can actually go to Financial Guys, me, uh, excuse me, finan the Financial Guys, pardon me, thefinancialguys.com. Go to the events tab. We have several uh, places to be found, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, if maybe someday, maybe the very, very last time I ever host a show or a podcast, I'll get it exactly right. But thefinancialguys.com, go to the events tab for Ready, Set, Retire. Many topics relating to your potential retirement. And uh, you'll be able to see all sorts of specialists here at our building, 305 Spindrift in Williamsville. Phil Provenzano, I think we've got you here on the line with us. Hey, guys. Hey, hey! thanks for joining us. Um, how are things yeah. going out in the Rochester area for you? Uh, we're a week into the annual election period for people thinking to choose uh, to either change or stay with whatever the supplemental plan is that they have that, that supports or complements, I'll say, the Medicare. So how are things going for you? Going great. We're uh, a weekend, but we're we're – Thank God we're crazy busy, so that's a good problem to have, but we are definitely busy, for sure. Yeah, we had uh, Brian Faraci on in the first hour. He was talking about the 40 to 60% rise in Medigap premiums uh, for the new year. Now, Medigap doesn't, doesn't suit everybody, so that's not impacting everybody, but we did hear of a Medicare Part B premium that's going up by $9.80 to $174.70 in 2024. Phil, what kinds of uh, of comments are you getting from people in the selection of the correct plan? And I say correct because not everybody is suited to the same plan. You help people s basically specify right into the best plan based on their needs, their prescription drugs. What are some of the comments you're hearing from people these days? Well, you know, a lot of the things, a lot of times it comes up. I mean, they, they, the people are, they rely on, with the knowledge that they received, you know, from the commercials or, or sometimes even the stuff that they're receiving. And mm -hmm. the problem with that is that it's a general solicitation, you know, so they're soliciting, these companies are soliciting to these people, not knowing them personally. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by personally is not knowing their doctors, not knowing their drugs, not knowing what pharmacy they go to, not knowing their needs. And, and what we do when we sit down with these individuals we're asking those questions. I mean, I've run into already just a week in, people are on plans that they've been on that six doctors that, you know, this has just happened, mm -hmm. six doctors that she goes to are completely out of network with, with a company. It's, a, it's not a local company. It's a national company. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, how did you get this plan? Oh, I called one of the numbers on, on, on the TV. <laughs> And, and I said, I go, but ma'am, do, oh. do you understand that you, you, you can't go to your six doctors? And she's like, oh, I just thought my co-pays were high. So so the, the commercial between, like, Golden Girl episodes, you're saying that's probably not the best choice? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, Jeez. you know, everything that we see on TV is often not the, not the truth. And, and listen, a lot, of these, a lot of these commercials, the plans are good plans. I'm going to be very honest with you. Right. They are. The thing is, 
by having a 15-minute conversation with a person like me that does this every day, all day, 15 times a day, I'm going to ask you the questions that you need to make sure that you're on the right plan. And the, and the first thing, if you're on the right plan, I'm going to tell you that. If it's not broke, I'm not going to fix it. And, Phil, I'll say this, too. I mean, I think we live in the, the world now of, like, what's the quickest, easiest thing to do? Just go online, call a phone number. And, you know, when you're calling those phone numbers, the 1-800 numbers, generally what it is is a call center. And my business is very similar on the home and auto side where they'll just sell you whatever you ask for, right? They're not really going to advise you. And I, I think everything we do at the financial guys and even things like buying cell phones or TVs or whatever out there, Buying online is not always the best thing to do because you're not going to get the proper advice. And that's scary, especially when you're talking about medications, any insurance product or financial product. Buying something that somebody just says, hey, you want this? Take it, is not a good way to do business. Yeah, I, I again, I can sit here for 15 minutes and I can tell you horror stories. But, I mean, to, to that point, you know, when you call those phone numbers, you're get, this is not a this is not this is the fact. Like this is an actual fact of how this works. You're going to get a call center from a person in Idaho. They're going to look at a piece of paper. They're going to look at New York State, and they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, this is a great plan." <laughs> Listen on paper, I can show you the best plan in the world. <laughs> but guess what? If you can't use it, it's no good. It's not as good as the piece of paper it's written on. Yeah. So and, just by it's really that simple. And and at the end of the day. I don't care if you become a client of mine. Do I want you to become a client? Yes. But if you're on the right plan, I'm going to tell you that. I just want to make sure that everybody's getting taken care of and taken care of correctly. And and for my clients that have sat with me, they know that's not just me saying this on the radio. They know that that is genuinely how I feel. Um, I'm really passionate about what I do, really passionate about what we do at the Financial Guys, and we really care about our clients, and that is an absolute fact. And you can ask any of my clients for sure, and that's the truth. And I'll say two last things, and I'll turn it over to Mike, Phil. But, you know, two things, too. Those people on those call centers generally are commission-based, so they're just trying to sell anything they can to, to hit numbers or whatnot. They're not there necessarily mm -hmm. for you and for what you need. And that, that, I think, is another scary thing that, you know, you want somebody that's going to tailor what you need to you. And when you call one company and you call a 1-800 number, I promise you – they're worried about themselves, not worried about you. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Yeah, and I would just say this. Um, not that every single person on the end of those phone lines are, are looking you know, to, to cause harm to well, you. Of course, yes. But, but many of them are just simply product pushers. Oh, and... no, it's, it's, it's inadvertent. And a lot of yeah. times, listen, it is inadvertent. Yeah. It, it's not that they're intentionally trying to rip somebody off. Mm -mm. This, this literally just happened this week. She told me she called the phone number, and again, the plan on paper mm -hmm. is phenomenal. <laughs> but the person that she was speaking to when she did this last year mm -hmm. did not go through and ask, hey, how many doctors do you go to? And you want to know why they probably didn't ask that? Because <laughs> it takes too much time. Yeah. <laughs> they can't get to the next caller. No, it can, yeah. they can't get to the next sale. It yeah. takes an extra five yeah. minutes. And yeah. guys, listen, it is – I had a lady that I called yesterday – she goes, Phil, I wanted to take your call. She goes, but I am on my way to work. You got 15 minutes. We did it in six minutes. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think, and, and I again, think it's, what, it's that simple. what you said is just so resoundingly important. People out there, you know, if you're looking for health insurance uh, support, find someone who's a specialist, someone who definitely, absolutely 
has your best interests at heart. Phil, people can uh, find us at 833-FIN-GUYS, the Medicare team, 716-633-1331. Any other ways to contact you? No, guys, yeah, we can, you know, online, a lot of people are utilizing the, the, on our website, Mm -hmm. um, you know, setting up schedules, you know, just to look at, instead of calling the office, listen, I understand Mm -hmm. it's a new digital wave, um, digital age, listen, you can go online, you can schedule right on our website, there's a million different ways to schedule, someone will get back to you, someone will get you on the calendar, we are busy, but we're never too busy for a five-minute phone call, so please, get a hold of us any way you possibly can. Awesome. Thanks for the great work you do, Phil. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Phil Provenzano out in our Rochester office, uh, helping people in so many ways, mostly right now during the annual election period, helping people choose the right Medicare supplemental plan for you, not just the one you happen to see on a television commercial. Might be a great product, but it might not be the best fit for you. We're going to go to a quick break. Kevin from Pendleton, you are on deck, so be ready. Uh, folks, you've got Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza in studio October 21st. Fall is upon us. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. You did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. First of all, my son has done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. And the lie detector test determined that was a lie. Alrighty, welcome back. We're in our second hour here on October 21st, every Saturday, 1 to 3 p.m. Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza. We're going to hit the phone lines. Um, we're going to talk to Kevin from Pendleton. Kevin, as always, thanks for your participation in this show. Uh, it's been going on for, what, over two decades, and I think you've been a, a pretty big part of it over the years. How are you? Oh, um, I'm pitifying. God bless you. Mike Square, man. Mike Square in the house. Mike, <laughs> Mike Square in the house. I like it. <laughs> That's right. Um, it would have been Mike Cube if Lomas was around. I know. I, I know. Here you go. Hey, um, if I could just do quick, two, three, three quick points here. I mm-hmm. know a lot of people might, might be holding here, but um, right. Um, in, in relation to the um, uh, that, that that despicable action, um, you know, back two two weeks ago, um, you know, with, with mm-hmm. Hamas, mm-hmm. gentlemen. Um, as I said before, I pray that I'm I'm wrong, but you know what? The feeling I have in my guts and the way I feel about what's happening right now, our resident in chief. I can't put P in front of president for him, I would say resident in chief that we have there in the Oval Office just shows so much weakness, so, so much weakness that um, everyone feels emboldened from China, North Korea and uh, and Russia. And even down in my neck of the woods to the folks in the Caribbean in, in um, near Trinidad, in Guyana, if you guys are aware of it, Maduro is flexing his muscles now <laughs> and he wants to take part uh, a small region of Guyana. Um, and so much so that uh, they're doing military exercises on the border there. Um, so so th- that's what's going on. And, you know, but I have this gut feeling that I haven't had for like 30 years. And when I say that gut feeling, from my experience, six days before Operation Desert Storm, the first Gulf War, um, six days before, I experienced being under Islamo-fascism, um, you know, rule to some extent. Mm-hmm. And when I see the usual suspects, such as um, the Alphabet Channels, you know them, 
NBC, the National Biden Channel, mm-hmm. and CBS, the Clinton Broadcast um, Services, and of course, um, last um, last but not least, um, of course, um, you you have and the lady just spoke in you know, who was it ESPN, right? One of our locals. Yes, my um, favor. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I call ESPN now, especially serving progressive network. But anyway, you know, they, they, have so, they, they are so biased and, and spreading a, a false narrative that um, I, I feel it's not a matter of where or how, but a matter of when before we get hit, especially with this border situation. You know what's the problem? In that, uh, of course, nobody's going to show and point the fingers to the individuals who don't encourage border security and, and securing our borders. They might, the usual, they will look to blame Trump or they'll look to blame Republicans and so on. But no, they will have the blood on their hands of innocent Americans and others when we get hit. Anyway, on my next point here, the relation to Congress, the, well, in relation to the Republican Party, you guys know as well as I do that the breakdown started even at our local levels and other levels uh, throughout the country. And what is happening right now in Congress it's just a reflection of that, how fractured our party is, you know, yeah. and uh, and that's basically it. And the third last point I want to make here, it, it kind of in relation to that, um, shout out to Stefan, man. I love you, man. But guess what, Stefan? You you, you you did the interview, I think, on this program itself, where you you, 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 you used the term strong leadership and Nick Langworthy in the same. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, Nick Langworthy and strong leadership is not that. That's that's crony um, politicalism and crony capitalism is what that guy practiced. You know what? He jumped ship and realized that he has damaged the Republican brand so bad (laughs) that, you know, he had to get a paycheck still and he ran off to Congress, you know? And and by the way, Stefan Schotter, you don't need big dog strategies. You guys know that because of big dog strategies, you know who, who big dog strategies gave us? They give us George Santos. Do you guys know that? No. So, yes, yes, no. They gave us George Santos, right? And for Vivek, you know, having um, big dog strategies as their, um, you know, being part of this communication campaign, then that, that, that tells me a lot right there, you know, that Vivek may not be so bright when it comes to, you know, doing his research and so on. But anyway... I just want to, uh, wanted to share that with, with you guys. And, uh, hey, keep up the good work, okay? God bless you. Kevin, I, before you go, <laughs> I, I want to set up a quick debate with you and Stefan Mahailu live on the Financial no, Guys I, Media I, Network no, if we can do that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I love Stefan. Believe you me, I love Stefan. But, Stefan, you do not need big dog strategies. Big dog strategies <laughs> need you. And you, there's an old African saying that when you play with the – Flea-infested hyenas, you get their fleas too. So get out while you can, okay? Because this is what is wrong with the Republican Party. When we have people like Big Dog Strategies who gave us not only um, George Santos, but Chris Collins and uh, and, and the the, the rest of the, you know, people who are not really seeking our interests, but their own. But anyway, yeah, set up that debate, my brother. 
appreciate it. That, thanks for calling, Kevin. We have your information, so I, I'm going to pitch this to uh, to Mike and Glenn. We will do a Stefan versus Kevin from Pendleton debate. Mike and I will moderate. That's what we'll do. We'll set hey, listen, it up. listen, unless CW23 on uh, Tuesday, October 24th at 7 says, hey, it, we have an undercard debate uh, before the Chrissy Casilio mark polling cars you know, uh, Erie County executive debate. We'll, we'll see if we can get you as an undercard. <laughs> oh my. All right. Well, always, always good contributions from Kevin. Um, you know, Mike Abbas from, uh, he's the head of the Palestinian authority. He now wants to have, um, some kind of a treaty, some peace treaty, right? I mean, this guy immediately came out just crucifying Israel for bombing a hospital only to find out, no, 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 no. It doesn't look like that happened. So this Middle Eastern con conflict, it's getting really confusing. It's going to get all muddled up. You're going to hear all sorts of propaganda. You hear from our own representatives, right? Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, ignoring that there was actually a savage, savage attack um, of, of innocent people listening to music. I mean, and, and many, many others, house door to door. I actually saw one, one video where, like, little porta potties were just getting fired at right yep. in the event that there were any innocent people in there hiding uh you know just trying to to be basically stay alive just shooting them down i mean that's the kind of terrorism we saw and now we have basically terrorism deniers like talib and and many others actually i mean so many now so um always good good thoughts from kevin so so lesson mike there is a debate coming up. Chrissy Casilio, Mark Polencars, Tuesday, October 24th, 7 p.m., CW23. Um, just briefly, we, we heard some of Mark Polencars' deflections, condescending-type answers, and we heard some really good common sense from Chrissy Casilio. Um, where do you think this is? Where do you, where do you think, what do you think the status of this, uh, this race is? Cause it really is meaningful to us here in Erie County. Sorry. We're getting texted right now. Kevin for County exec, executive. <laughs> we're getting texted. Uh, independent yeah, I, candidate, independent Kevin, candidate. <laughs> Kevin from Pendleton. I think his last, I think his middle name is from, and I think his last name is Pendleton. I, I really, I, 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 I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, in terms of Mark Polencar's and, and Chrissy Casilio, I, th I think it's a very simple question, and it's the same question you ask about you know Trump v. Biden. Are you better off now than you were before Mark mm -hmm. Polencar's was in office, and he's been in office for a long time, and I think people in Buffalo will say no. We've had many things, mm -hmm. COVID, storm response, you know, People people give Trump a hard time, Mike, about you know his his view in the public eye. Mark Polencar's has not done a lot of good things. Threatened to shoot a process server once. Uh, you know, there's some domestic dispute allegations out there. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things. Mark Polencar's number one is not representing Erie County well, but he's also had a, a couple bad looks to him too in the last year or two. So mm -hmm. these are things that we should look at. Do we want that, or do we want somebody that you know, is a small business owner, a mother, you know, <laughs> a wife, and somebody who's very good in the community? That's what I want, and I want a Chrissy Casilio. To, to take down Mark Polencars and be the new county executive. And I hope most people out there will get out to vote. Mike, we're going to say this before the break. Yeah. Get out and vote. Simple as that. Get out and vote. Show what we believe at the ballot box. Mm -hmm. Go vote Chrissy Casilio. Coming up here, it's like two and a half weeks away already. Two and a half weeks, get out there, vote for Chrissy Casilio. We need change in Erie County, and Chrissy's the change we need. We, we may actually have fewer um, uh, 
<laughs> un, unhappy citizens in Erie County and, and more uh, less unhappy uh, businesses because they all leave. Yep. They all want to get the hell out. <laughs> I mean, that's yep. that's good. So, so Mark, if you want to keep pushing people out and businesses out, you're doing a great job. All right, we're coming up on a quick break. We're going to actually talk to Russ Geyser. He's a colleague and friend here in our, our Financial Guys family. Um, we'll be right back after this hard break. Uh, you've got Mike Hayflick and Mike Spraza. We are the Financial Guys today on the Financial Guys Media Network. Um, and that was a very difficult decision because I knew it would have serious economic consequences, which it did. As always, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS to find us in many, many places. Financialguysmedia.com, three podcasts every week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 815 to 830. We also do morning mics, and we also take callers on uh, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. live. And uh, before we run off to Russ Geyser here, uh, Mike, text line. How many votes will it take? for the Republicans to finally get a House Speaker. And who will that House Speaker be? We have a Byron Donalds answer mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. um, most people are thinking this is not going to be done anytime soon, and I would agree. I do not think this is going to be done in the next, I don't know, three weeks. It's probably going to be longer because we can't do anything right in the House at this point. You have a majority, mm -hmm. and it's like we have the minority right now. Democrats are together. We are not. Big problem. Yep. So let's go to the phone lines. Russ Geyser, a wealth manager, financial planner, actually a certified financial planner and a certified Social Security claiming strategist, our friend and colleague. Russ, thanks for joining us. Anytime, guys. How's it going? It's going well. And, and our official apology on the air. Sorry for the delay. <laughs> we were having some laughs right. with Kevin, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you can call me Russ from Pendleton. I'm right up there. With <laughs> oh, jeez. You guys could have a little block party. I'll come. Russ, <laughs> Russ, how many House Speaker votes are we going to do here? We're already at three. What, what's your number? Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know. I, I was just telling uh, I was just telling Sass. I said this is just a, a joke, what we're looking at. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they even really care. <laughs> I know they're they're probably on a break again. I think they are. I mean, wouldn't you think they'd just be working and working and working? I mean, that's what we all do when something has to be done for clients. We work. We we do all nighters if we had to. These folks, they yeah. pack it up. They go off back back home. Um, some on private jets, and they just you know live it up again. Yeah, yeah. It's sad. I, I think so. it's brutal, knows, Mike. It's brutal. Who knows? Give us a number. Come on, we're going to hold you to a number. Uh, let's go with six. Six. Okay. Wow. Oh, he's optimistic. You, you are very optimistic. I think he, he feels like it'll just be like, like exhausting. They, they just won't be able to do any more than that. You, you might be right if they do like a vote a month. It might, yeah, three months is probably right. So yeah, that might be right. I like that. Yeah. So Russ, it occurred to me that your skill set can actually help people along so many parts of their financial journey. So I'll, I'll explain what I mean. Early on, you know, people, they often have some debt challenges, and then their focus can actually change to wealth accumulation, right? Putting money away for the future. And then finally, what you and I and some of the others like Ron Reinstein in our office focus on is what people do to make the proper social security decision and, and how to actually plan for retirement, getting real strong, reliable sources of income. So. You know, it, was this by design, or, or have you just found yourself suddenly, like, with a, a really exceptional skill set to help people? I mean, by design, it, it's 
it's a lot of uh, focus. Well, number one, um, there's a huge debt crisis in our country, which I'm pretty passionate about. It starts with student loan debt, $1.6 trillion in climbing. Um, the last I looked in student loan debt outstanding. A uh, trillion dollars plus another just consumer debt. Uh, and then you have 70% or more households just living paycheck to paycheck. So there's a huge need for the, ta- I call it tactical financial planning with your day to day budgeting and cash flow management, a good strategy on how to eliminate debt. And ultimately, we do that so we can then accumulate wealth for them the next phase, that retirement phase of life. And so uh, to, to be honest with you, it was just getting knowledge in those those areas where people need it most, mm-hmm. and it's all around getting to retirement and through retirement. So um, my Dave Ramsey Master Financial Coaching Training, uh, of course, being a certified financial planner uh, and then a certified Social Security Claiming Strategist, allows me to just serve clients well uh, to and through retirement. So really needs-based. Yeah, and we're actually um, heading toward $33.7 trillion on the U.S. national debt. Um, I would say this, and and I've seen this in action, folks. Russ can make very complex, you know, concepts very simple to understand, and that's what you need. You need someone like a specialist who can actually make really, really, and, and we've embraced the complexity. I know we say that quite often, Russ, you and I, we embraced the complexity of what we do. And all that means is we love digging in. We love seeing all sorts of statements on our desks. And that's exactly what it ends up looking like, right? We, we get all sorts of information, all sorts of pieces to someone's financial challenges in some cases. And we try to help them put those pieces together in something that, that helps them in the long run. For sure. And it's funny because, and you know this, we get questions all the time. Uh, you know, when people find out what we do, they're like, oh, when should I take Social Security? Well, it's really not that easy of a question to answer without unpacking everything there is about that person's situation. Uh, and then using our knowledge uh, in the Social Security program to really help them optimize mm-hmm. uh, really one of their biggest uh, sources of income, likely, uh, that's going to carry them through retirement. So, um, you know, the, the folks seem to be taking the Social Security claiming decision um, very seriously, uh, at least what we see, and we're, mm-hmm. we're capable and able to help them uh, make that right decision with confidence. No doubt. Folks, if you'd like to sit down with Russ uh, uh, and, and get help in many, many respects, now a certified financial planner, along with Anthony Zeffler in our office, who also accomplished that. We had already had Mike Shaver, a certified financial planner. Uh, a great designation because of what it can do for you folks, not because of the title, but because of what these folks like Russ Geyser can do for you. Um, if you want to reach Russ directly, 833-FIN-GUYS. Russ, thank you. And again, thanks for uh, holding in there for us. Oh, no problem. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a good, great weekend. All righty. Russ Geyser, awesome. And uh, I know we're going to be going to one of your uh, key people, uh, Alec Toth, soon, Mike. But before that... Um, I, I I just I, I was laughing at the last break because I said I don't know if I've ever really been that you know excited about some Canadian government official but boy wait until you hear this folks after our Alec Toth interview just after our next break you are going to have to stay tuned for this Pierre Polyev uh, Canadian Conservative Party leader he's actually a leader in the polls to unseat Justin Trudeau now that that election is not for two years 
But boy, did he bring his A game uh, with a liberal journalist, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we're going to tease that for the final segment. That is a great interview. Um, you know, just just putting it right back to the interviewer because the interviewer tried to throw words in people's mouths and his right. own mouth, and he's like, no, no, that's not how this works. Just so much fun yeah. because you hear so many people that want to get in the spotlight that when they get a, a, a microphone in front of them, they just can't. They just can't help themselves but go back to like these these little lines and phrases and the, kind of the company line, but not this guy. This guy was just outrageous. So yeah, we're teasing that for somewhere around two fifty ish, folks. So don't go anywhere. I, I want to talk real quick, Mike, before we go to a break. Um, so Joe Biden spoke on an airplane this week, and his mm. handlers behind him were panicked to say the yes. least. They're like, "Oh, we got to stop this. Shut mm -hmm. it down. Shut it down." You, you could actually see John Kirby mouthing like, "Shut it down." Yes. Um, number one. Number two. Then he speaks. In front of the nation Thursday evening, and um, I'll tell you, Mike, I, I I was a little bit baffled. So mm -hmm. he, he didn't slur his words or forget his train of thought as much because he was reading off a teleprompter, and he didn't tell us any of the cues on the teleprompter, which was good. Mm -hmm. However, he talked about Ukraine for 75% of his speech, yes. and, and we're looking for some, some clarity on the, the Israeli-Hamas uh, mm -hmm. conflict. And we got 75% of it about Ukraine and spending more mm -hmm. money in Ukraine. Then it came out, Mike, the $105 billion uh, spending package that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. $60 billion of the $105 billion was Ukraine. $14 billion was for Israel. And $14 billion, Mike, was for our uh, own border, so they tell us. But what they didn't tell us was what that actually meant. So what that meant for our own border was 1,600 additional asylum officers mm -hmm. to increase um, – the interview and adjudication claims for asylum mm -hmm. uh, seekers and to facilitate timely decisions so that they can be uh, you know, brought in quicker, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, 375 new immigration judge teams. This is to adjudicate the process of immigration cases more quickly and help reduce backload case, uh, mm -hmm. uh, caseloads that are backlogged. Then they also had additional grants to local governments and nonprofits uh, for temporary food, shelter, and other services. Critical border management activities. What does that mean? Increasing temporary holding facilities, Mike, uh, with beds to fair and fast processing for these recent arrivals. Also, expansion of lawful pathways, including efforts to streamline the processing of eligible refugees and migrants. Also, support <laughs> for eligible arrivals, including services to successfully resettle in the United States of America and become self-sufficient. So why I'm telling you all these things is that doesn't sound like we're fixing the border problem. That seems like we're inviting more people in and getting them into our country quicker. S explain to me how that $14 billion is for border control, right? It's, it's securing our border. It's not. It is such a farce. There, there's already been $75 billion in military, humanitarian, and financial aid to Kiev and Ukraine. And, and in, a, in a formal address to address the Israeli 9-11 event that he should be talking about, he wants to basically, I mean, fill, fill what, 15 minutes uh, mostly of talk about more, <laughs> more to Ukraine, and let's talk about how we're going to actually accommodate open borders. That's essentially what he said. And then you still have people on the, on the left saying, walls don't work. Walls are stupid. Yeah, these are the very people who have walls to, to basically protect themselves and their properties and armed guards to protect them 
But walls are stupid, right, Mike? Borders, they don't need to have walls. Just let these people in and get more people to process these, these illegal aliens. That's what they are. They're illegal. They're not coming through the normal, the normal channels. This is outrageous. And, and, you know, anybody who thinks that Joe Biden is competent, I'd even go further and say his whole administration has shown incompetence. <laughs> it's not just Joe Biden anymore, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. And, and and again, a leader of the free world, folks, 81 million votes. Remember that. This guy is 81 million votes. Uh, his administration is a disaster. We all know it. We've seen it. And look, you know, I, I hate to say it, but if, if America can't figure this one out, Mike, in 2024, I, I, I've kind of lost faith. And, I'm, you know, we talk about this all the time. You and Lomas during yeah. the Bills games are always like, oh, <laughs> this is over. I'm the optimist when it comes to football. Uh, I am a pessimist when it comes to politics right now because I don't know and I don't have faith that America is actually understanding this, right? Because the way they – you got to look at these bills, right? The way they pitched this was, you know what? This is a good thing. $14 billion mm -hmm. for our border. Nope. Incorrect. Wrong. It's actually bad for our border again. Mm -hmm. And you have to look at this stuff and you have to understand it. You know, Mike, we talk about on our podcast and in this office interviewing people that know what's going on. You need to do that because we need to understand what's actually going on uh, and not listen to the Rashida Tlaibs, the Joe Bidens, the Elon Omars of the world. Um, that will get us into trouble. And as we've seen, elections have consequences. We have serious consequences from 2020 happening every day, not only in America now, mm -hmm. Mike, across the globe, which is scary. You know what? Um, we could say that we never thought certain things would ever happen. We could say that we always thought we'd all agree on certain things. Yep. But who would ever have thought that the U.S., a representative democracy, would literally have socialists and communists in Congress? Right. And here in New York State, in, in the Senate and in the Assembly, we've often talked to David DiPietro about this. They're openly socialist. And that's that's now what we have to deal with. We need to get these people out of office by voting the right way, voting in favor of America, voting and voting in favor of New York State. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Alec Toth. He is in charge of the commercial insurance side of TFG Home and Auto. So don't go anywhere. We have one more segment. And again, folks, you've got to stay tuned because at the end of the show, we're going to be hearing from Pierre Polyev, Canadian Conservative Party leader, how he just completely undresses a liberal journalist. And I don't even know if I want to call that person a journalist, but I will. Uh, so stay tuned, folks. You've got Mike Hayflick, Mike Sprazo. One more segment coming up here on the Financial Guys Radio Network. Like in studio, I, I always want to say the wrong last names for all of us. It just it, I can't figure it out yet. Um, we have a special guest, Alec Toth. He is the commercial guru in our home and auto department. Alec, we, uh, we had a texter text in that he was dropped for being three days late on a payment. Um, I also had a client, or we had a client, I should say, that was dropped for being one day late on a payment, we had to write his insurance and, and fix that problem and put him with a company that doesn't do that. Um, you know, it's pretty crazy what you and I and, and Brett and our team are both seeing right now with companies that are just, they're, they're, it's almost like they don't want business sometimes in New York State. And, and that's why we are a broker. That's why we work with 25 different companies, because when one company can't do something, we have other companies that can. And I think that's really important. Alec, I'm going to let you comment on that because you're seeing people every single day of the week with these with these types of issues. Oh, absolutely, Mike. And you're, you're spot on with being brokers. We have access to options to recover. Right. Some some captive agents, right, they can sell you one thing, and if, if it fails, then uh, that's tough. You know, but for us, we have 
all these options to play with, try to recover, get you back, get your cover set up, and build out a plan to get you back to where you would you were. So, Alec, you had mentioned, uh, obviously, working with a lot of different commercial clients. You have a good story about some, some rental properties that you worked with this week. I, I know, again, on the commercial side, for people that own buildings, that own multiple rental properties, that own doctor's offices, whatever it may be in the, in the business world or commercial space, you've been able to help a lot of those people. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things I see, especially with, with like a landlord and a lot of their, their properties, it's expensive. Insurance isn't cheap, right? But, but I think what I encounter is a, a lot of folks think in, in terms of a total loss, right? We have to start thinking back in the perspective of, of uh, partial losses, where if you have $100,000 in damage and you're only carrying 50% of where you should be because you haven't looked at your policies for a while, or that's the way you wanted it, are you comfortable paying out that last $50,000? Because that, mm-hmm. that could be all they're going to recover. So it's a lot of landlord policies I've been focusing on and really explaining, sitting down with the folks and trying to get them to understand how their policy works, how it's built for them, and, and if that is appropriate and they're comfortable with it. All you, comes back, it seems, to inflation, right, guys? I mean, everything yeah. costs more. Insurance costs more because everything that you insure and all the replacement of things that you've insured costs more. And I'll say this, Alec, before you jump in on that. What we're, we're learning from our companies because not only are we meeting with clients, we're meeting with companies, marketing reps, vice presidents of certain companies that we work with. We're help, they're helping us understand how these things work and what's causing you know inflated premiums and inflated coverages. One of the things that's crazy is for you know if you get in an accident and you have to rent a vehicle right it used to be you could get your car fixed in 5 to 7 days let's say now it's taking 2 to 3 weeks to fix a car cuz we can't find parts not we companies body shops they can't find parts things are on backlog things are on delay that's now increasing the rental portion of your policy or the the the, the door that you had damaged now costs a thousand dollars instead of the four hundred dollars it used to cost that's also costing all these claims numbers to go up and you know i i don't feel bad for the insurance companies no people out there are saying oh they make all this money but companies are paying out more than they've ever paid out and alec you've met with a lot of company reps you were actually at a class with one of our companies for a week last week um you know these things are true and and i hate to say it but rates are going up because things are costing way more in america today than they did yesterday oh mike and one thing that that is interesting to consider back even a year ago right it, uh, older cars that were worth fifteen hundred dollars the insurance companies could just pay that off and move it along and chalk it up to a total loss nowadays i looked up a 2003 toyota camry with two hundred thousand miles on it it was worth fifty five hundred dollars yep. now that's just a nationwide market price but the insurance company can't pay that out they're spending more time to make the repairs so now your auto garages are also shorted on parts because they're waiting because all these these cars are getting repaired instead of just being chalked up to a total loss, which is also driving up the price of everything. We are seeing a lot, folks. Now is the time, and I know it seems doom and gloom, but that's why here at The Financial Guys, we work with 25 different companies to find the best rates. And look, your rates may go up, your coverage may change or need to be changed. We take a look, just like Medicare with Brian Faraci and Phil earlier today, we do the same thing. We find a plan that fits you and makes you happy, but also makes you feel good at night when you say, okay, if something happens to my home or car, I have the coverage, whether it be on the liability end or the damage side of a home or a car. Alec, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. All right, fellas. Have a good one. You All too. right. Thank, thanks, Alec Toth. Um, now, folks, we've been uh, touting this to, to stay tuned to listen. This is just going to be basically textbook conservative politician 
handling clearly a liberal, and most are, liberal media person, Don Urquhart. And, uh, you know, this is getting this guy, Pierre Polyev, Canadian Conservative Party leader, a lot, a lot of traction. And in his hopes of maybe unseating Justin Trudeau uh, in October of 2025. So I'm just going to play this for your listening pleasure. On the, on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing, appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know, this and that, right this wing. This and that. Know, I mean, it's that, that type I of ideological I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I don't of people, really believe in that. Okay. But anyways. A lot of, <laughs> isn't it just classic how he just goes, like what? Like, like what? And no, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even say those things. I don't even believe that. People would, would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump uh, well, book. Like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians. A great many, right? He doesn't have one name, but he says, oh, a great many. You know, dude. all those guys over there. Clearly, in those calls I have with all the other liberal uh, media people, yeah. like there's a lot of people that think like this. Yes, but Like who? <laughs> I don't know who, but... Well, you're the one who asked the question, so yeah, well, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the point of this, the point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given, you know, not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but what are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me the page? Give me the page. <laughs> he he wants to know the page, Mike. This yeah. guy is classic. He, he wants to know what page, what page out of the playbook? Where is this playbook? And what page are you saying, Don, I'm taking out of? You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms, in terms of t- turning things quite dramatically in terms of, of Trudeau and, and the left wing and all of this, I mean, you, you, you make quite a, you know, it's, it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what your question okay. is. And forget that. Why should Canadians Moving on. <laughs> trust you with your vote? Common sense. Okay. Common sense for for a change we're going to make common sense common in this country we don't have any common sense in the current government you know the guy prints 600 billion dollars grows our money supply by 32 percent in three years that's growing the money eight times faster than the economy no wonder we have the worst inflation in four decades and Mike, I think because we're going to get a quick caller before we end the show here. I mean, that that's exactly right. America needs common sense. Polly, uh, well, that's Canada. They yeah, need common yes. sense too, but America <laughs> does too. Uh, we're going to go to Polly real quick. Polly, we got about thirty seconds. How are you? Oh my, common sense! Wow. Yeah, he was amazing. She was talking about um, vaccines, and and people need to be reminded they were not vaccines. They were. It, it, even if they were, but they're experimental um, gene therapy. And the government, if we got to agree that, you know, we're going to allow the government to inject stuff into us, we better question it. And, and the, the other thing I want to say is uh, Bobby Ancock's, um, the quarantine camps mm-hmm. that, that, that Hochul uh, proposed, that didn't go away, I don't think. We better stay vigilant on all that. And and then as far as hate speech, I heard a public service announcement while you guys were playing your show 
is from WBN. Um, if you hear hate speech, call it in. Well, we better worry about what is hate speech. Um, is it if you're against um, uh, transgender reading hour, you're a hate speecher. So we got to watch all that. Yeah. That's my main point. Great call, uh, Holly. Holly Great thank, call. Thanks for joining us. We we got to run here today, Mike. I'll let you. I'll let you finalize the show here. <laughs> all thanks right. to all our callers today and all our texters. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely, folks. Remember, find everything we do at financialguysmedia.com. Listen to us live throughout the week. For Mike Sparaz, I'm Mike Hayflick. Thanks again for listening to the Financial Guys Media Network. Go Bills. W-